KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. How hospices are not complying with the medical aid in dying law. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County Supervisors will decide today how to fill the 4th District seat following Nathan Fletcher's resignation. There are three options. The first choice is to appoint a new supervisor to serve the three and a half years left in Fletcher's term. Option two is calling a special election on August 15th with the potential for a runoff in November. The third option is a combination of the first two. Call a special election and appoint someone to fill the vacancy until the winner can be seated. Fletcher is resigning after accusations of sexual harassment and assault. He denies the accusations. Bus shuttles have restarted between Oceanside and Orange County for train passengers affected by the latest rail closure. A landslide in San Clemente could land on the train tracks and is being monitored for movement. This new area is actually owned by the city of San Clemente, and we're taking their lead in terms of to determine when it's safe to operate operate rail service again. That was Scott Johnson with Metrolink. He says transportation agencies don't have an estimated date for restoring service and are waiting for direction from the city of San Clemente. May gray is in full effect this week. Light rain is in the forecast today and it's expected on and off until Friday. Forecasters with the National Weather Service say a storm is expected to hit the county tomorrow night into Thursday. We can also expect chilly weather all week with Thursday being the coolest. Temps that day will be up to 20 degrees below average. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Sixteen months after California began requiring healthcare providers to post on their websites their own medical aid and dying policies, only a handful are complying. Investigative reporter Amitha Sharma has details. He's very verbal. Marie's dogs watched as she winced while moving with a walker around her tiny San Diego apartment. I have intractable migraines. All my joints are unstable, and so it's very painful with my body trying to grab on. I am just never comfortable. Even laying down can be painful. 
Marie didn't want her full name used. The 52-year-old ex-government intel analyst is afflicted with three incurable diseases. She needs 15 medications just to get through the day. Doctors have approved her for a drug cocktail that would end her life peacefully, sparing her from what she called a Dante's Inferno of suffering in her final days. I love life, love people. But the pain and suffering is so bad. It wasn't easy for Marie to find a San Diego hospice that participated in California's seven-year-old end-of-life option act. A 2022 law known as SB 380 requires all healthcare providers, including hospices, to post on their websites their policies on medical aid in dying. But KPBS found that fewer than 10 of 94 local hospices are in compliance. I'm incredibly troubled by that finding. State Senator Susan Talamantis Eggman co-authored SB 380. She says there's no government agency explicitly responsible for ensuring that hospices comply. But Eggman says hospices that don't might still face scrutiny. This year we're working a lot more on oversight, and that's exactly the kind of thing that I think are ripe for an oversight committee hearing. California is one of 10 states, as well as Washington, D.C., that allows medical aid in dying, but it remains a controversial issue. This week, a disability rights group sued the state, saying assisted suicide is too easy in California. KPBS contacted several local hospices not in compliance with the law. None agreed to be interviewed. The California Hospice and Palliative Care Association also declined to comment. There's a real strain on hospices, I think, right now. Samantha Trad is with Colorado-based Compassion and Choices, which supports access to medical aid in dying. She blames the low number of local hospices publicizing their stance on the state's end-of-life option act on understaffing. I'm not surprised that there are many that don't have it up yet. But Lonnie Shavelson, a physician and chairman of the Academy on Medical Aid in Dying, is puzzled. It's just fair to our patients who are dying to let them know what they're going to have available when they go into a hospice. That said, he is fine with SB 380's lack of an enforcement provision. I don't think it's our job to be police officers for hospices on this level. Robert Drake, formerly of Compassion and Choices, says there might be a financial incentive for hospices to skirt the law. The fear of losing reimbursable dollars from Medicare with compliance with SB 380 is significant. UCSD medical professor Lynette Cedarquist said hospices might also be reluctant to publicize their policies because of public perception. They're a little fearful that, well, if we embrace this, now we're really going to be the death service. Marie says it's a travesty that not all hospices are abiding by the new law. She's relieved she has a hospice that will be there if she decides to end her life. She says she's come close four times. Now I'm in kind of a holding pattern. I think I'll just know in my heart when enough is enough. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News. Teachers at Gompers Preparatory Academy are preparing to vote on whether they will stay in a union. Education reporter M.G. Perez talked with teachers on both sides of the decision dividing the public charter school. 
18 years ago, parents and educators in the Choyas View neighborhood came together to convert what they considered a failing public school into a successful charter campus. Gompers Preparatory Academy has a 100% graduation rate and a staff of 50 teachers. Those teachers are divided on whether they should remain members of the San Diego Education Association, which represents teachers in the San Diego Unified School District. Teachers like Cindy Ornelas say they were forced to join SDEA in 2019. The union has just been divisive and instigate trouble when they can. A lot of people are intimidated by that. Valerie Campos represents the other teachers who want to keep the protection of the union. The biggest benefit of a union is that it gives you a voice, a collective voice, to be able to bargain for some of the things that you all see as an area that you need a little bit more support in. The California Public Employment Relations Board has now approved a vote to decertify by mail-in ballot starting May 10th. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, a local chef talks about the perks of shopping at restaurant supply stores for your home goods. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Fresh off their series in Mexico City, the Padres are back at Petco Park after inspiring some young ballplayers in the heart of Mexico. Reporter Jacob Ayer has our story. The Padres and the Giants were on Mexico's biggest stage in the country's capital city, but the matchup was bigger than the games themselves. Padres slugger Nelson Cruz said it best during an emotional speech over the weekend. He says with sacrifice and hard work, there's no dream that's impossible. Ahead of the weekend's games, he and other Padres hosted a youth baseball clinic for young boys and girls in Mexico City, like Warison Gabriel Ramirez Cruz. He says that it was an incredible moment because he never had met a Padres or MLB player before in person. Major League Baseball plans to go back to Mexico City in 2024 and 2025. We don't know yet whether the Padres will play in either of those series, but their mark has been made. The team is inspiring young Latinos in both countries to chase their wildest dreams. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
Home essentials like pots and pans are getting harder to find in retail stores. It's apparently easier and more profitable for stores to stock up on clothes and pots and pans. Like we mentioned last week, Bed Bath and Beyond is on its last leg, closing stores and filing for bankruptcy. Some home cooks have turned to the internet for kitchen appliances and utensils, but there is another alternative, probably right in your neighborhood. In the last few years, restaurant supply stores have reported anywhere from a 20 to 40% increase in business from home cooks. While these kinds of stores have traditionally been geared towards the restaurant industry, many home cooks are finding professional quality equipment there, sometimes at lower prices than the cookware offered in retail home goods stores. Mark Schmidt is the corporate chef for Trust Restaurant Group. He operates a number of restaurants and butcher shops across San Diego. He joined my colleague, Maureen Cavanaugh, with a guide to getting to know your restaurant supply store. Here's their conversation. I know you're an avid shopper at restaurant supply stores. Why do you think home cooks might consider shopping there? You know, I think that there's a lot of positive things that come to restaurant supply stores when it, when it would benefit home cooks. I think the first and foremost piece is quality of product that you would receive at a restaurant supply store. A lot of things that are made for Bed Bath & Beyond and, you know, some of those other more higher end like Sir Latav and Williams and Sonoma, they're really great products, but they're not necessarily the most feasible for longevity and, and use, right? I think that there's a good opportunity for consumers to go into restaurant supply store and not only just shop around, and I understand that it could definitely be intimidating. However, the biggest piece for me is that you'll get good customer service and then really great products at a potentially reduced rate. Yeah. How different is it shopping at a restaurant supply store than shopping at a regular retail home store? You know, I think that it's it's very different in regards to what you're looking for. Um, if you go in with no thought in mind on what you want to look for, it will definitely be intimidating, overwhelming, and you'll find a lot of things that might not necessarily be what you're looking for and probably something you have no idea what it even does. Uh-huh. However, there is a lot of small, fun knickknacks, and I like to use spatulas and whisks as a, a great primary examples because it's very easy to buy you know, an inexpensive wooden handle whisk from any other store. However, you go to a, a restaurant's supply store, you'll pay a few dollars, probably a few dollars cheaper than you would at it said Bed Bath and Beyond. And you'll have a really great product that'll last most likely forever. Is there anyone there that could help someone who comes in and is confused about what they're seeing? Absolutely. The in San Diego specifically, Chef's Toys, uh, San Diego Restaurant Supplies down in San, in downtown. On, they're just really great customer service. Obviously, they gear towards restaurant people, and restaurant people are all hospitality driven. So I think that they they kind of breathe that as well. Where again, if you if you come in with a game plan and say, okay, I need this essential, this essential, and this, I'm redoing my kitchen, or I'm trying to create some new recipes that might not have these tools, um, they'll be able to give you good guidance and support on you know what size of spatula do you need is do you need a metal whisk do you need a plastic whisk you know and then they'll they'll really gear you towards that and you don't necessarily have to buy two to three of those you know the restaurant supply stores in san diego specifically or everything is broken down to an individual purchase so if i'm going to a restaurant supply store what would you recommend i buy there and what would you suggest i go elsewhere for you know, I think I think restaurant supply stores do really well with smallwares and cookware. You know, when I say smallwares, I'm talking spatulas, whisks, pallet knives, which is something that's used a lot in like baking and, and making cakes and things like that. Turntables, pastry, utensils, 
you could obviously also get saute pans, nonstick pans, uh, Teflon pans, brazing pans. Those are all great there as well. But I, I, I do think that certain brazing pans and things like that from restaurant supply store aren't necessarily the most attractive, which I know a lot of people when they're buying for home decor, it is very much decor as well as it's something that needs to be feasible because it's, you know, a Lake Crusade Dutch oven that's sitting on top of their, their tabletop, you know, when they're not using it and it's very much a part of the kitchen. So if you're looking to go into that like decor side of it, but also being feasible, the restaurant supply might not necessarily be that thing, but sheet trays, any type of grilling equipment. If you have a grill and you're like, I, I can't find a really good brush to clean my grill grates because, you know, the, the local ACE or, or wherever might not necessarily have the right one, restaurant supply stores would 100% be able to accommodate that. Now, you already mentioned one, but maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what are some of the best restaurant supply stores that you'd recommend people check out. So um, if you're up in the Claremont Mesa area, the, the best the best store is Chef's Toys. They have a lot of Asian, Hispanic uh, rice cookers and, and, you know, a lot of unique sushi mats and things that are very somewhat specific to Japanese, Asian, Thai cuisine, but they do also have a ton of additional stuff like knives and mixers and bowls and things like that. Um, and then San Diego Restaurant Supply Store downtown. It's a massive store. It's it's really an awesome place to walk into. You'll be greeted by someone right away and they'll say, can I help you? And, you know, I'm here for a metal bowl. Okay, well, what type of metal bowl would you like? Are you cooking with it? Or are you not cooking with it? Those are questions that you'll generally get when you get, walk in the door. Do you need to join a club or anything to shop at a restaurant supply store? You do not, no. And you actually get a you get a restaurant supply store rate, if you will, just walking off the street. That was Mark Smith, the corporate chef for Trust Restaurant Group, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Maureen Cavanaugh. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday. <music>